Hello and welcome. Uh, this is our Sederville podcast uh, we've been doing here for a little bit. This is, uh, my name is Pastor Paul Seymour. I'm the pastor of music here and get a, a chance to be a part of the counseling team as well. These are some of our counselors here. This is the head honcho counselor, <laughs> Pastor Kurt, Kurt DeGraff. This is Meredith Jackson. She uh, does a lot of the, uh, well, a lot of the women's counseling and does a great job. So these are the two of the hardest workers that I know in the counseling game. So awesome, awesome people, friends of mine. So thanks for joining us. Uh, we're just gonna be talking about some, some counseling things here uh, that we run into in the counseling office and hopefully just give you some help uh, in, in these uh, crazy COVID times, the triple C as Pastor Kurt likes to say. So, um, But uh, this morning we had a staff meeting here at Southern Church and we were talking about this topic of of blind spots, and um, I told a story um, from my own past that is, uh, I was I was working as a boat driver uh, in uh, in a Christian camp up in northern Ohio called Camp Pavis. It's on an island, and we would take tubers and skiers around uh, this bay area. And uh, my wife, my new wife at the time, we're only married about a year. Uh, she was the ski instructor on the back of the boat, and I got to drive. And we would drive around the bay and pull pull uh, junior campers and junior high and senior high around the bay. And uh, there was one day when it was a kind of a hazy August afternoon, and it was towards the end of the day. And uh, I was coming around the the bay to, to back to the dock to take these kids back. It was the end of the day. I was so looking forward to getting out of the heat because it's like a it's like driving on a mirror all day when you get the heat from mm. the top, heat from the bottom. <laughs> Your sun baked, and I just wanted to be done and. And I'm uh, going about 20 miles an hour back to the dock and um, wearing my sunglasses, you know, cool boat driver sunglasses, aviators, <laughs> I think they were. And, uh, and I saw sort of a, a glint that was unfamiliar. It made me kind of start a little bit and I, and I killed the boat, uh, stopped the boat real quick and, and pulled off my sunglasses and about 50 yards in front of me and just made my heart drop. There was a guy fishing off in a tiny gray boat and I was headed straight for him. And if that glint had not happened, mm -hmm. It would have been a bad afternoon mm -hmm. uh, for for me, for him, obviously, for the campers. So um, there was a blind spot, and I'm thankful that God directed that beam of sunlight right there, whatever it shone off of, and he he made me aware of my blind spot. But that's really what we're, we're talking about today is is trying to uh, be made aware of some blind spots. So just gonna open it up, have a conversation today. Hey, just for the record, yeah, that new wife's name was Stephanie, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Yeah. Your first and current wife. <laughs> That's right. He's That's not right. hiding anything. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about these blind spots and just some blind spots we run to in the counseling office. Maybe you can recognize some of these in your life and maybe as we talk, we can recognize some in our own life. So yeah. we're just going to open up and have a conversation. Uh, so maybe ladies first, what are some of the, Meredith, what are some of the blind spots that you see? Uh, in your life, in the lives of those people you counsel? Mm -hmm. Just speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I think um, it's, no co it's, it's not a coincidence that the things that I struggle with in my own life are the things that I see in the counseling office as mm -hmm. well, um, which I think is both a gift from the Lord and it's also a gift from the Lord. It's a gift to be able to know, to be able to speak from a place of understanding, but it's also a gift to be able to work through that um, before or sometimes just minutes before someone else. So I love the fact that we're not professional counselors and the only good and the only grace that comes through us is from the Holy Spirit and from God's word as he uses that. So 
I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels that way. Yeah, I'm not professional. I <laughs> love that I get to just point people to scripture and then work through it with them. What does it look like? And it helps to be married and a mother. It does. Because that's to real be life. <laughs> that's where the stress comes from. Yeah. Marriage and uh, motherhood. Yeah, and uh, even this week, um, the Lord has brought past experiences from my life that I never thought he would use. I mean, just random things. It seems so random years ago has brought that into the counseling office where I've been able to speak into a situation that I have experience in and I never thought that God would use that. And he does, he doesn't waste anything. So some of the things that I have been seeing lately, um, and maybe you, you both will agree with this as well, is right now everybody has big feelings. I mean, we talk, we joke a lot about 2020 as this year that nobody could have predicted and nobody's <laughs> ever experienced. But there's a lot of what feels like you're not allowed to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to actually not be okay with 2020. Kind of a super spiritual, like Christians can't yeah. feel because we we're not supposed yep. to, to have problems to, or yeah. stress out. Yeah, to have it all together. But, <laughs> yeah. but you're a counselor. You have it all together. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like because you're a counselor, it, it signifies you don't have right. it all together. Um, but... There is a worldwide pandemic, and no matter how you feel or what kind of conspiracy you think is behind it, that's traumatic. Mm. To know that there's a sickness out there that has killed hundreds of thousands of people, that's traumatic. Um, to know that there's racial tension in the world that we live in, that yeah. people are not at peace. Um, to know that there's unrest within the authority system of our government, that that's hard. And then to have had the storm last week, mm. like... Yeah. Well, if you're outside of Iowa, you might not have heard right. about it. Um, the, what was it called? Derecho? 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 Derecho. I don't know. Well, whatever it was. My mom it was saw bad. it on the it weather channel. Yeah, my mom saw it on the weather channel. So I was yeah, that's something. how she found out about it. So that was not the best daughter moment. First time I've ever had a tree branch smack me in the side of the car. It was awesome. Good times. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> New experiences. New experiences, for sure. Um, but all that brings emotion. It, mm -hmm. it brings feelings. And sometimes I think as Christians, we, we know that emotions are not truth. We're not supposed to bank on our emotions. We're not supposed to pitch our tent on emotions. Mm -hmm. But we really kind of brush past them and say, okay, go to truth, go to truth, go to truth. And really, God gave them to us to direct us back. Mm. If we're confused, if we're fearful, if we're angry, those are all emotions that God has given us so that we can take them to Him. We find that in the Psalms all the time, mm -hmm. that people are saying, Lord, I don't get this. Sometimes I run into women and they're like, I could never say that to the Lord. <laughs> He's big enough to handle our... I don't understand. God, I, what I'm, are you doing? Yeah, I'm confused by this, <laughs> no. or I'm scared, or I'm hurt. And then the same side, the opposite side, if you're excited, if you're joyful, if you're happy, that's reasons to go to the Lord and say, on top of everything else, you've done this, you've given this, you mm -hmm. have graciously bestowed this. So I think sometimes as Christians, we just get to that, like, well, I, I just need to feel, I just need to fix it. I just need to get better and just not even pay attention to the emotion. Kind of like... Mm. Just move past all of it instead of realizing that these emotions are not the train that drives the bus, the driver that drives the train or the bus. They are a great indicator that maybe, maybe I just need to, 
to check myself and then retrain my emotions. Scripture does talk about that. Psalm 94, 19 talks about when the cares of my heart are many. That's everybody I know at the moment, you know, mm. whether it's a school decision. Well, every time we talk about school, my chest gets tight. <laughs> it's unknown. Yeah. It's a little bit scary. It's a little bit, what is it going to look like in two weeks? Yeah, I, I, I'm under the perception right now that almost everybody yeah. is dealing with some degree of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Including those of us who are in yeah. career ministry. Mm -hmm. yeah, but the sure. last half of that verse says, your comforts or your consolations. Depending on the translation, some say calmed me down and renewed mm -hmm. my strength, renewed my That's spirit. Cool. Which I just love that. Mm -hmm. Like consolations, the comforts that God gives, he's not talking about like a furry blanket and a cup of hot chocolate. That's mm -hmm. not the kind of comfort. He's talking about the things that we read in his word, the truth that he is. He is never going to leave us or forsake us. He is the good shepherd. Jesus says, overcome the world. Mm -hmm. He holds all things together, Colossians says. We mm -hmm. get to take comfort in those things, and they get to cheer our soul. So it's actually a, Romans 12, 2 says, um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. It's not talking, nobody in scripture, nobody ever talks about, hey, you know what, renew your feelings. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's start there and then go. They always mm -hmm. talk about the head down. So if we can take our feelings, our big feels, to the Lord and say, okay, what, what is truth now? Where do I go? Mm -hmm. Psalm 73, it's a, it's not a huge Psalm, but it's a, a good one. And it recounts how the wicked have prospered for like 16 verses. Asaph just says, blah, what is going on here? And then he says, if I had left myself to that thinking, I would have betrayed everyone around me. Mm -hmm. If I had not actually taken it to the Lord and said, is this what you have? Is this really true? And there's a verse 16 or 17, I can't quite remember, says, um, Then I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. Then I met with God, and He taught me everything. He told me what I needed to focus on instead, which is just so good for me. I need that every day. I, my, the cares of my heart are minute by minute so, so much, and I need to be able to go back to the truth of the cross is done, mm -hmm. that has been paid for, Christ loves me enough to do that, and has not just saved me for eternity, but wants an every day, every minute kind of relationship to walk through all of these scary, big, big feels that we have. Yeah. I love in the Psalms too, there's a, a verse that says, pour out your heart before him. Mm -hmm. God is a refuge for you. I yeah. love that verse because it, it speaks to the emotion that you're talking about. Yeah. Like you don't have to be afraid of blah, like, you know, <laughs> God, this is what I'm going through. Blah. You know, he can, uh, uh, he, it's, scripture says he was in all points tempted as we were, mm -hmm. yet without sin, right? He understands the struggles and the things that we go through. You know, you see the, the Savior in the garden sweating drops of mm -hmm. blood. I mean, talk about anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know. Big time. So he, is, he knows mm -hmm. and he's well acquainted with our struggles and he invites us. You know, we don't have to be afraid. Not only do we not have to be afraid, but he invites us to pour it out. Like, yeah. give it to me. And then it says, God's a refuge for you. He's, yeah. the, he's the hiding place. When that storm, I know it's a often used illustration when that storm that's that, a good reason what would you say it again derico derecho <laughs> when that's happening uh i got my kids and i i got them from my house and drove back here 50 miles an hour probably 20 miles an hour over the limit <laughs> and, uh, and i got them downstairs into the concrete tunnel under the church here yeah. because it's a refuge and that's what god says come on in yeah you know pour out to me i like those verses toward the end of that song 
whom have I in heaven but you, yeah. and there is none that I desire on earth beside you. Yeah. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my refuge forever. Re really good stuff. Uh, I'm curious, as you counsel ladies, what are some of the real specifics that ladies are really stressing out mm. over right now? You, you've kind of alluded to a couple already. Um, so yeah, school is a big one yeah. right now. For a, about two weeks ago, it was, what do we do as a family? What, what is the best case scenario? And now it's the second guessing. Did, it, did we make the right decision? Is this what we should be doing for our kids? Are our kids going to get COVID? Is their teacher going to get COVID? Are our kids going to get COVID? And this, all the what ifs. We talk about mm -hmm. how the what ifs are just the downfall of all of us instead of focusing on the what is, which really is so practical, no matter what it is. Um, coming back to Philippians 4, 8, think on these things, whatever is true, whatever mm -hmm. is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is praiseworthy. So school is a big one. And then um, I would have said two weeks ago, everybody was kind of like, yeah, we're getting back in the swing of things. The second half of 2020 is all promises and, you know, rainbows, everything is going to be great. <laughs> but I think there is just a lot of anxiety about the unknown, that mm. lack of control. Like, mm. I can't do anything. I can't plan on anything. Um, mm. I think so often we, as humans, we love our comfort. We love to go on vacation. We love the traditions of it's the fall, so we get to go to the pumpkin patch and we get to do these type of things. And all of that has changed right now. Mm -hmm. And there's no promise that it will all go back to the way that it was. Yeah. I think you mentioned a big word there, control, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Kurt, you run into that quite a bit, that mm -hmm. uh, problem that we all have of wanting to be in control. Maybe speak to that for a second. I, I, I find that that's a big root cause of a lot of the anxiety that's going around. It is when we try to be in control, we end up falling apart because we're trying to play the role of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we can't do it, so we, we get crushed by the weight of what only God can handle. Mm -hmm. So none of us is in control, but He is, and we've got to rest in that and go back to that. Pastor Paul, maybe you can just speak to how you're doing right now yeah. a moment, because you know a lot of folks have wondered you know with what you've been through and and how you've wrestled through that control thing and how you're giving it to god you, you want to say a word about yeah, that yeah i uh may, maybe some of you have caught the video that kurt and i did a while back he was he's been super gracious to me through all this everyone has but this guy in particular but um went through just when the whole pandemic hit you know i'm not not ashamed to say open to say that it's just i i kind of went into a hole there for a little bit and uh, still struggle with it from time to time when it just, you know, you see a news report or something, whether you, you know, whether it's the the virus or what it might do or what people are doing with the virus, you know, how you come down and think about that. But um, whatever it is, it can cause anxiety and just that, that hope of the future, you know. And so I have to bring myself back to scripture and just uh, you know, just say, God, you're in, you're in control. You're the sovereign one, and you, you're a, a, a good dad. You know, I, I use mm -hmm. the, I use the example of, um, you know, I can remember as a kid driving in um, family vacations. You know, my, my, as a kid, I wasn't driving. My dad was driving. <laughs> That's the point of the illustration. <laughs> I had a very interesting childhood. <laughs> um, but my dad would be driving on these family vacations. Uh, sometimes in the wintertime, it'd be snowing out, and I'd be in the back, and I was just kind of like looking up out the window at the snow coming down, you know? And now it's like, when I drive, it's like, oh, this is dangerous and white knuckle sometimes. But I didn't worry back then because my dad was in control. My dad's a good driver, right? So that's that's what I come back to. We do have a good father, um, and he is, is the one in control. So when 
things seem like they're flying everywhere and uh, the, the, the storm again is coming up, you know, we don't have to fear because the one that loves us is in control and he's, he's our refuge. So um, God's really been gracious to me and has just really um, taught me a lot just about trusting him and about, about myself, my own sin of trustlessness, if that's a word, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and just, and honestly, just um, being in that comfort of his word, mm -hmm. like just really actually just grabbing onto it and sucking the life out of it, you know, because it is just a lifeline um, in, in the, the darker times. So let, let me grab that uh, yeah. segue of control and just kind of apply it to my message from Sunday. Mm -hmm where we talked about uh, money, really. Uh, stealing is just an extension of I want control of my life by having some, some gold or silver in my pocket in that culture mm. to make sure I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And people still look to money to try to make sure they're okay. Mm -hmm. Markets are up and markets are down and people stress out making sure that they've got enough in the bank or in savings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I just want to say to those listening that I, I think our view of money is probably the most accurate uh, reflector of where we stand spiritually. Mm -hmm. If I had to liken our spiritual life to a thermometer, I think the temperature of our spiritual life is most reflected by our view of money and how we interact with it. And it's real indication of where our heart is. Jesus said in Matthew 6, where your treasure is, mm -hmm. there will your heart be also. And if you, you really treasure things and stuff and control, it's showing that your connectedness in your heart's not really with Jesus. It's, it's with things that are material in orientation. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, you, you can't serve God and money. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're going to serve one or the other uh, a lot of things I, I want to say about money here as we move through our conversation, but uh, you know, I I I just want to say that that the Bible says having food and clothing, be content. Mm -hmm. Godliness with contentment, that is having Christ with contentment, is great, great gain. gain. Mm -hmm. You know, and we've got Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, our future is secure, and we have to rest in. Yeah, when it comes to those things too, I think I just automatically thought of one of the songs that we sing with our Rise Up uh, kids here. Mm -hmm. Call them Rise Up kids, but um, we have um, some awesome people with some special needs that we get to be with every week uh, during one of the services. And one of the songs that we sing is, you know, the wise man built his house upon mm -hmm. the rock. You know, this yeah, one. That's a good one. And, and that's that's the that's what I think of that that mm -hmm. song, that parable of Jesus, where the wise the wise builder builds his house on the rock that doesn't move. We're talking about God's word and. And when you build your house, the foolish man builds your house on sands, something that moves, whether it's income streams or vaccines or whether the news is good today, whether the news is bad today. If I'm building my house there, whether it's my you know, spiritual house or my emotional house or whatever, if I'm building it there and it starts to move underneath, well, I'm going to shake with it. But if I build those things on the Word of God... That doesn't move. So mm -hmm. that's what it makes me think of. But how about the same question to you? You asked Meredith a little while ago, what, what would be some of the main some of the main issues that you run into in the counseling office? And maybe yeah. um, how does some of your life experiences play into that as well? Well, I, people ask me regularly, in this season of COVID, have you seen a great spike in anxiety counseling? Mm -hmm. And personally, I've not seen a great spike, but I think Meredith has mm -hmm. among our ladies 
And that may simply be because they're more open about it. Mm -hmm. But I really have seen a spike indirectly because I sense that marital discord, mm -hmm. uh, intensification of, of uh, addictions, maybe parental child clashes are all an indicator that we are kind of on, shall I say, a high anxiety anxiety level and it just it gets reflected in these other areas mm -hmm. so you know uh, I continue probably the number one thing I counsel is marital discord and number two is is anxiety and depression certainly plenty of people come to me with that and then addictions are a really big deal mm -hmm. for a lot of people and they come in a variety of flavors and uh, all of them, I think, are indicative of the fact that folks feel just like, I don't know how to handle life. And so we kind of retaliate at the people around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What uh, You had said something in your message the other day um, on Sunday, and it was something about the, the object of, of, of what, what our idols are. You know, you can make money an idol. And you said something about uh, using... Uh, you use what you should worship, and you worship what you should use. Yeah, you know, Augustine's quote. Augustine, okay. So how do how do you do you see a lot of that, you know, in in the counseling office, and how does that? We really do. That? Uh, I also I only said this in the third service. I had more time to preach in the third service. <laughs> <laughs> Not up against the heart and a little insight into preachers. You know? <laughs> if you want the long version, come to the yeah, third come to the third service. That's why Paul comes to that one. <laughs> But I said, I was kind of hopeful that during these past five months of the COVID crisis, that it would be a kind of a pruning, purging time where God removed from our lives the dependency on idols, mm -hmm. our safety zone, whatever we run to to try to cope yeah. when we're under stress, if we don't run to Christ, yeah. is an idol. Yeah. I was kind of hoping to see that maybe, maybe God would really be doing a great work in our lives. And I know... By his spirit, he's willing to do that, but I'm not necessarily seeing a whole lot of Christians cooperating. I think we're still kind of freaking out just in other ways. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're watching more TV or maybe we're doing this or that, but I don't know if we're still coming back to the refuge of the word mm -hmm. and Jesus Christ and resting in him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the fact that we lack social contact is a negative because I was just listening to a radio broadcast today, Christian broadcast, and they said one of the ways that God helps us deal with our our anxiety is to talk with others, interact. Mm -hmm. We have to have that social stimuli. And that's where cell groups come in. Mm -hmm. And uh, we love our cell groups, but they've even been struggling to know just how to connect because of the social distancing. But we really do need to get back to the basics of resting in Christ and talking with each other, praying for one another, loving on one another, all the one another's of Scripture. You mentioned um, the rock climbing, the free cell yeah. climbing. Yeah, I never um, want to see that picture again. That's <laughs> terrible. Little, that was so overwhelming. <laughs> that, you, by the way, was from South Africa. You could tell your husband that. I will. I will. He'll be excited. <laughs> but do you feel like that's kind of a picture or a, an accurate description of what Christians are doing to themselves at the moment? Like, I'm okay on my own. I don't need anybody else. It really is a picture of American Christianity. Mm -hmm. We're that rugged individualism. I can handle this. You know, I think the early church had a whole lot more dependency on each other because they didn't have a lot of this world's goods. And God's trying to strip this away from us, but we're still kind of fighting him. Well, I still want to be in control, back to that control word. Yeah, I had a conversation with her husband actually this morning after we talked about King David, and he made the point that King David was in that position of having, you know, sinned because he was by himself. He had yeah. isolated himself in the beginning of that when he didn't go out to the war like 
the Kings did in the spring, you know, and he didn't do that. And so he isolated himself and put himself in that position for a big downfall. Um, so uh, Meredith, uh, some of the, maybe he's talking, Kurt was talking about idols just now. What are some of the idols you see women clinging to in this oh. COVID craziness? What are they going to to find comfort and stability instead of what they should be going to, what we all should be going to? Well, I'm going to out myself because this is one of those, like, <laughs> I know it, I know what's happening because it's happening with me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were joking with our neighbors the other day because, you know, nobody can go out and do anything. Nobody's going on vacation. So everybody's fixing up their houses. <laughs> uh, and so I was talking with one neighbor and he said there were no garbage disposals at Menards. There no. was one left. There was a huge shelf, which just cracks me up that... <laughs> Garbage, we're to the place where we're all replacing our garbage disposals. <laughs> we need that much help. And so I think the, um, the finding comfort in stuff is such a huge idol right now. Um, having, having a home that is welcoming and that is comfortable is not a sin. Um, but it has become much more than that now. It has become such a focus of... Well, all I can do, I can't really interact with anybody, but I can post on social media what we're doing or what we're doing in our house or what my kids are doing. So all of a sudden, that comparison factor, <laughs> homes are just like, it's the easiest thing to pour money into because that's where we're spending our time now. But it's such a bigger um, such a bigger heart issue when I, I want to take pride in what I have because it's mm. better than somebody else. Or look and give me praise because we're doing all of this and I'm such a good mom compared to everybody else when it really just steals all the glory from the Lord, mm. what he's doing and what, what we're doing. I love the fact that right when the, the quarantine started, when we kind of shut everything down, there were like eight or nine kids that came to know Jesus yeah. within <laughs> My the first two <laughs> weeks, which I just think yeah. is so yeah. amazing because we were spending time as a family. It, it was looked at as a gift mm -hmm. from the Lord. And I think you're right, it, it's not really a gift at the moment. It's, it's almost turned the opposite. Like we are stuck together. Mm. Um, so that freedom is also an idol. Like what can I do? TJ Maxx is open now, so I can go back <laughs> and I can shop. And um, that type of thing becomes much more of a, I can't control what's happened, it's there, but I can control what's in my home. That's good. Um, yeah. Which can be awesome. You are... You are the one who gets, as moms, as women, mostly, most of the time, we're the gatekeepers as to what comes in. I think that's a slogan for an oil company right now, like one of the essential oils, which is an awesome slogan. <laughs> you are the gatekeeper of what comes into your home. Mm -hmm. it, it just needs to be, we need to remember uh, what should be at the priority. And I think... Um, in my own life, I really kind of just got very comfortable and I, I stopped recognizing my sin as sin and just kind of got comfortable with it. So there was a, a period of time where I wasn't confessing. I wasn't, I wasn't serious about my sin. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that whether we're in a pandemic or not, God is, God is giving us extra grace, not because we're in a pandemic, but because he's a good God and is a loving God. But sin is still sin, and mm. that needs to be mm. dealt with, whether you're in your home, whether you're at work, whether you're, this is the last year, whether it's next year, like we need to be very serious about sin and what is taking the place of the Lord in our lives. Um, we say a lot around here that uh, 
well, it's, it's said a lot around here, I should say, that the, the preacher you listen to the most is yourself, mm -hmm. right? Um, maybe you guys could each share what's, what's something just out of your experience in this pandemic era, what is a piece of self-counsel, of self-preaching you would ask your counselees to, to preach to themselves over and over and over? I, I find that that's one of the best pieces of advice Kurt's always given me is just keep preaching the gospel to yourself. Yeah. Keep preaching the gospel to yourself. So what, what would you say? Um, we know that the, the gospel, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. What's something else or, or maybe add on to that somehow? And, and what, what would you preach to yourself? What would you say? Tell your counselees too. I, I often go to the subject of performance-based acceptance. Mm -hmm. It's the default of the average Christian, mm -hmm. myself included. I know I'm saved by grace, mm -hmm. but then I move into the realm of trying to keep God loving me by my performance. <laughs> guilty. Uh, yep. Guilty. Yep. Really struggle, a lot of people struggle, and I alluded to this on Sunday, a lot of Christians lack joy because I think God's mad at them. Mm -hmm because they're not performing up to snuff. And the only thing that's going to satisfy God is Jesus Christ, and he's already performed, and God proved it by raising him from the dead. Yeah. That's preaching the gospel to ourselves. Yes, yes. We can't do anything to make God love us more or make God love us less because we're perfectly loved in Jesus Christ, accepted in the beloved. That's something that keeps coming back again and again and again. Yeah. How about you, Mary? Um... Yeah, I think um, you touched on the joy thing. Um, I, I see a lot of women who, who are having a hard time reconciling joy and suffering existing at the same time, mm. um, even in their lives. And so um, there's also a confusion about joy and happiness. Um, and so I just, it has been powerful in my life to realize that Scripture talks about joy as a possession. It's been given to you when you were sealed. And so if... The only way that, that it's not yours is if you give it away. If somebody takes it, it still belongs to you. If you lose it, it's still actually yours. You can, you can access it. You just have to go get it and bring it back and, and use it in your life. It's a tool that's meant to be used that brings us closer to the Lord. And really kind of when you are operating in that joy and suffering moment, there's just such a sweet picture of realizing that there are wonderful things to get emotional about all through scripture. I mean, we're talking women and the Lord gave us an extra dose of emotion. <laughs> Sometimes I think that we don't even realize that God gave us all of our emotion. Yeah. He created them on purpose and he wants us to use them. And Jesus as a man had all of them. And so when we have that, to be able to really be emotional about the Lord's love for us, mm. to, to be able to preach the gospel to ourselves to the place where it moves us. Mm -hmm. it, it's so easy to get to the place where, yeah, I, I was saved, I got saved when I was five at a VBS. Like, I've, I've been there, I've done that, what's next? Mm. There is no next, that mm. is forever. That mm -hmm. is, that should stop you in your tracks, that should excite you and yeah. just bring you to the place of the reaction of emotion, mm. of thankfulness, of gratefulness, of unworthiness. Hmm. It should just make you go back and fall in love with Jesus all over again. Wow, good insights. That's really good. Um, 
if you're listening to this on podcast and not on video, you didn't see Meredith's. She has an object lesson. She's the queen <laughs> of object lessons. And if you if you ever get a chance, I, I think we should video your uh, candy toy gravel oh, thing dear. sometime because that's a great <laughs> illustration about the, what you just talked about, the joy yeah. and, and just coexisting with the hard times at, at the same time. So really good. Um, a couple more questions and maybe we can maybe give you guys the last word after that. But I want to throw one at you here. and I, I didn't prep them for this. So uh, a statistic study came you go out first week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, his, and your answer is going to be very much like her. <laughs> but uh, talking about blind spots, and so um, something that sometimes people don't want to talk about because it's a hard topic to talk about is this topic of, of suicide mm -hmm. in our culture. And there was a study that came out this week, and it says uh, one in four young adults have seriously given thought to suicide in the past 30 days. Um, 41% another survey of adults are struggling with some sort of mental illness or substance abuse right now in this era of, of uh, pandemic and, and even more, maybe even more to the point, how the society is dealing with the pandemic. Are, those yeah. things are really getting to people. So uh, not being naive and knowing that probably some of those percentage are watching this or listening to this right now, True. how would you counsel them through this technology? How would you counsel them right now? Um, say something to them. Um, it probably goes as no, one in four, yeah. you know, so that's crazy. That's yeah. one of us. We have a cameraman in here with us, our, our beloved Tanner. And so, yeah, there, there was a time in my life that, that I thought about that. And so realizing, mm -hmm. um, that it, it was such a momentary decision that would have eternal effects for my family and my friends and realizing that there were there were more people that were would be affected by that one <clears throat> decision than than any other and i love that psalm 73 it's it's kind of talking about a different situation but when you are so frustrated looking at the world and thinking why why is it like this why is it like this mm -hmm. and if you leave it there you betray everyone around you if you don't give yourself if you don't give them the benefit of going to god's word and saying all right, Lord, why? Just give yourself that minute and that the ability to examine God's word and say, what is it that you have for me? If my life is supposed to be hidden, if you are a good God and all things work together, then what is going on? And let him, give him the chance to speak to you, even if it's just for a few minutes. That verse 16 or 17 says, when I met with the Lord, he answered me. Mm. Give him the chance to answer. Mm -hmm. Watch him work. Just see what he can do. Even if your faith is tiny, Jesus says in the Gospels, faith like a mustard seed. You have a bunch of mustard seeds in your <laughs> office. Kurt. They're everywhere because they're so <laughs> tiny. It doesn't take mm -hmm. much faith to watch the Lord actually work and see mm. what he will do in your life. Mm. That's yeah. good. Thank you for being open about that. That's That's... Not easy to do sometimes. I've been open about some of those thoughts that have come into my yeah. in my depression stuff before too, sure. and, and that's good for people to know too. Is that we've struggled yeah. with those things, and it's not like super unusual or anything that yeah. people feel that way sometimes. If you look at Scripture, Job, you know, mm -hmm. better that I wasn't born, or the Apostle Paul, you know, we despaired even of life yeah. itself, you know. So there are, you know very sincere uh, Christians and these heroes of the faith even that mm -hmm. have experienced these things, these attacks. And uh, it's good that we can share these things together and say, hey, 
there's there's some common ground here we can encourage each other and give each other hope so mm -hmm. why don't why don't you speak to the people too <clears throat> same uh same song second verse yeah you know um uh, when i've gone through depression i've had similar kind of thoughts maybe i'd phrase it as a death wish that's not at all uncommon for me to experience in the counseling room. Regularly, folks mm -hmm. say, I don't want to go on. They have a death wish. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think if, if their focus is on this present evil world and what it has to offer, they're going to be depressed and discouraged. Mm -hmm. We as Christians have a living hope. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, in Colossians 3, it says, for you have died you are dead and your life is hidden with christ in god when christ who is our life shall appear then shall you also appear with them in glory that's where we're going that's where we're headed and our life belongs to the lord i have a very good friend who's now in heaven and she had been diagnosed with with cancer and her doctor had to tell her the news um you you are terminal um and she, she just looked at him and she said, Doctor, you need to understand that I died a long time ago. The Colossians 3 principle. Mm -hmm. I died a long time ago. I know where I'm going. I'm going to be with Jesus. You, you can't scare me with heaven. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a joy wow. yeah. to know that we're secure in Christ. And this is not the end of the book. Mm -hmm. This is just the first chapter that begins all of eternity. Mm. And we have to keep that eternal perspective in view. Romans 8.1, you always remind me, mm -hmm. there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And mm -hmm. that's, that's hope. And what you said earlier, we're hidden with Christ in God. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. Great. Um, and we just do want to say too, just as a counseling team, just for those that are listening, if, if that's you, yeah. um, then we would love to, to get with you and talk with you and give you the hope of the gospel. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you guys for, for doing that, for for. Uh, being available and uh maybe just some last words um i well, one last question i guess is, is what i really wanted to to ask you guys and and maybe we can wrap it up after that with so many any kind of ending thoughts you guys want to give out so be thinking about that okay <laughs> but uh <laughs> this uh this idea of blind spots right by definition blind spots are things you can't see mm -hmm. right so how do I go about knowing what areas I need to grow in? How does one do that if they're blind spots? How do we figure that out? Well, what are some telltale signs where you can really say, I might need to do a little growing in this area or I might need to get some help in, in this area. Any, any thoughts on that? You want me to go first? <laughs> she went first last time. <laughs> uh, two things. Um, one, if you are, if you're cold to the gospel, if you are just kind of been there, done that yeah. with Christ's death on the cross, um, if you look at it as something that you've done before, mm -hmm. then that's a great sign that you've got more blind spots than you are probably willing to admit. Oh, yeah. um, and second, if you don't have any community in your life, if you don't have any um, biblical community, if you don't have brothers and sisters in Christ, good friends, cell group, uh, small group, <laughs> that can that know you and that can see you and that can ask you some hard questions if you have not invited that accountability into your life yeah. there may be a reason why um so that would be a good i know a guy who would be more than willing to help you find some good community <laughs> you know a guy amazing i know a guy he's super super cute 
Let's clear that up. This is her husband, Jason. He's the cell group guy. Uh, just so you guys know who she's talking about. He's an awesome guy, too. So, Kurt. I, I love what you said. We need community. We need relationship with Christ. Uh, in community, I just had one of the people on staff come to me and say, hey, I'm going to be counseling somebody who's got some marital stress going on. In fact, they're separated. Uh, Kurt, can you give me some advice? And I said, when the guy sits down with you to unload, you need to uh, ask him this question. What would your wife say mm -hmm. are your issues? If she were sitting here, what would she be saying about what's going on in your life? Mm -hmm. Be honest about that. And we need to all invite people to speak into our lives. What do you see? You know, we have a problem with seeing ourselves clearly. Self-awareness is, is not real strong in the body of Christ. And we often tend to try to pick at somebody else instead of asking God to zone in on, zoom in on us. You know, we, we need to get the, the two by four out of our own eye before we try to get the, the little speck of sawdust out of our neighbor's or our spouse's eye. So we need to invite some folks to, to talk and speak into our lives and even think in terms of, you know, what, what would your wife, what would your husband say if they were sitting here mm -hmm. in the counseling office? What would they be saying about you? Is there any truth to that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we need to be honest. We need to humble ourselves. Because the Bible says, you know, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Yeah. If, if we in the Beatitudes, you know, if we, if we are poverty stricken in spirit and we mourn over our sin and we cry out for God's mercy, he will shower it upon us because of his goodness in Christ. Mm -hmm. But we've got to get low before God, the word of God in prayer and with God's people, yeah. asking us to be laid bare before him and then deal with that before our most gracious heavenly father. Such an important truth. We had, we talked about Second Samuel 12 today, which is the, the story we referenced mm -hmm. earlier with Nathan and David and his sin with Bathsheba. And, David had Nathan that yeah. said, you are the guy I'm talking about when he did his, you know, he told yeah. him his parable. And uh, he was that guy that was there speaking into his life. And we need that too. That's mm -hmm. why we need community. That's why we need people that are godly, that are willing to say, you know, kick you in the pants and go, what are you doing? Let's, let's you know, with grace, love mm -hmm. you and tell you um, truth. So um, about ready to wrap up this, uh, this, ver this uh, episode, I guess you could call it. <laughs> Is it an episode? Um, but any, any last words that you guys want to, uh, some parting, parting words for the audience today? A shout out to Tanner for all he yeah. does behind the scenes. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Yes. God bless you, bro. Awesome. <laughs> um, I think I would say um, mental health and counseling and coming to therapy is still a little bit taboo in our mm, yeah. society. And so I think that if, when we think of it, we think, well, I have to reach this level before I'm willing to come in or before I actually yeah. need Good help point. to talk to somebody. Yeah. And that threshold doesn't exist. <laughs> if that's a line that you're waiting to cross, that line is always going to move or it's just going to continue to vanish. So if you are feeling anything, that you, it could be, it could be wonderful. That that would be great if you have great feelings about everything in your life right now. Please come and talk to us. Yeah. It would be so wonderful <laughs> to talk to you. We would love it. But if you are feeling the exact opposite and you're just not quite sure, or it doesn't feel that bad yet, or you're just not sure, there is no threshold. You don't have to meet a certain standard to be able to meet with a counselor. Um, we are we are all sinners. We are all saved by grace we are all 
participating in our sanctification process to be more like Jesus today than we were yesterday. And there are lots of days where I fail. Probably you both too. We do. So know that you're coming to people that are not perfect, but we will definitely point you to where God has shown us that he is so much greater than we are. He is, he, we are made perfect in our weakness because of him. So don't I, I want to invite you all too to come and see us because that's why we're here yeah. to help you. We love you. We care. Pastor Paul, as you put a wrap on it, can you just speak about the team? We've got kind of a increasingly larger team and just a word about that before we put a wrap. Yeah, we have uh, how many members there are now. Boy, there's, there's, 10. there's 10 of us. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so yeah, just uh, uh, ladies, guys uh, from all different backgrounds, uh, all different uh, struggles, sometimes the same struggles. Kurt and I are kind of wired the yeah. same way. Mm -hmm. and but our struggles inform you know, how God's worked in our lives, and so we can pour that out into others. So uh, we do have people available to, to talk with you. And uh, you know, I was thinking about um, how, how, do, how did Jesus say we were to fulfill the law of Christ? How, do, how does the scripture tell us to fulfill the law of Christ is to bear one another's mm -hmm. burdens? And you mm -hmm. said, you know, we're all sinners, we all should, we're all also counselors, right? That's what Kurt always <laughs> yes. says, we're counselors. So um, even if it's some, even if it's where you want to, um, you want to know how to speak into someone else's life yourself. You know, that's one of the things that we want to equip you to do. But I, I just echo what Meredith said about, you know, that threshold not existing. You, you can come and talk. And, uh, you know, we say sometimes, you know, we'd rather, we'd rather be at the top of the cliff helping you not mm -hmm. to jump off rather than being the ambulance at the bottom, you know, picking up the yeah. pieces. Yeah. Um, we can do, we, we're willing to do both, but um, it's a little bit easier one way than the mm -hmm. other, isn't it? So, um, don't don't feel like there is a, a stigma with counseling or anything like that. We just want to love you. Mm -hmm. We just want to give you truth. And uh, we all get counseled too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we are all to be counseling and bearing each other's burdens. Uh, we all have burdens and we want to help you with those if the Lord allows us. So God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our, our counselors here, whole counseling team. Tanner, thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, God bless.